0: this has been a huge goal of mine and this is something that anyone that's close with me has heard me almost annoyingly talk about for the past few years now and how much I love this race and and how much you know I wanted to win this race and there's been so many runs you know over the past year especially of like just you know you picture yourself in that moment and like crossing the line first and you know, on runs that are, are hard or dark or you're by yourself after work or whatever it is. And it gets you through that run. And, you know, I kind of went back, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've like pictured this moment for so long and it's happening. And it, it doesn't seem real, but it was, it was just really emotional. It was just, it felt like all the pieces came together and it was, it was just, uh, I, I can't fully, it's hard to describe the, that feeling when everything comes together and everything that you you know, thought about for so long. And, you know, a big goal comes true. Like, uh, best feeling.
1: Hello, podcast world. Welcome to episode 102 of Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. Imagine you have a favorite race when you continually dream about winning one day. And on every hard training run and day that you're dragging, you visualize being out there and making it happen. Sarah Beale kept grinding and manifested her dream, not only breaking the tape at the historic 60th JFK 50, but also shattered ultra-legend Ellie Greenwood's course record by over six minutes, running a blazing fast time of six hours, five minutes, and 42 seconds. We discuss going from the huntress to the hunted, learning from past JFK experiences, Staying upright on the AT, working with some men in sections and enjoying the company. The mental battles on the towpath. Trusting her race plan from her coach, Michael Owen, but also going with her gut. Where the fire comes from, she's intrinsically motivated. Mantras, fall down, get back up, play your own game. And how more prep work on the AT with training partner Rachel helped. Why pushing her limits in ultra gets the juices flowing more than chasing a faster marathon, current PR of 239.01, and running in her second Olympic marathon trials. Sarah has huge gratitude for the JFK 50 community, volunteers, and for the running community overall. She's easy to root for, and I'm excited to see her chase down some big ultra goals in 2023. I hope you all are inspired. Let's dive on in and take a listen. Sarah Beal, welcome to Run Chats with Ron Runs NYC. How are you this evening?
0: I'm good. How are you?
1: Look at us. We can see each other on the screen and hear each other. We're just going through a little Zoom (laughs) fiasco, trying to get tech to work. I've been doing these in person for the last couple of weeks, which was super fun, but you take your laptop out of your home setup and all your audio gear and your mics, and all of a sudden nothing works. So there <laughs> you go, man. But we got we got it all worked out. You sound good. Yeah,
0: it's good to hear you. Yeah.
1: yeah. See and here. It's a it's a double bonus, right? So how are you, man? How you feeling after your massive breakthrough JFK 50 <laughs> win and course record? Taking out Ellie Greenwood's amazing course record, six hours, five minutes, 42 seconds. I know that I've run that course in like. 10 hours or whatever the hell it was like, that's just insane. That's totally insane. So like mad respect, <laughs> amazing, amazing respect. And it was your third time running JFK, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Third time's the charm, I guess.
1: Yeah. I think I saw that <laughs> in your post and your very first ultra was also JFK, right?
0: Yep. Yep. Got, got a little lost, uh, that time. I think I did just about any, uh, possible first time or mistake. Uh, but it was, it was fun. It was cool. It, it uh, had me coming back for more for sure.
1: You gotta love that getting lost in an ultra. I think it's like that's basically your initiation fee.
0: I think so. First one I, I got it done.
1: Yeah, you got lost. Important. You found yourself. Way more important. And yes. you finished. My first one. I got lost. I missed the cutoff. But <laughs> a very good friend of mine, who's also a JFK fifty winner. Uh, Kate Power, told me before I went to that race, she goes, you didn't sign up to go up there to run 30 miles or 40 miles. So the only <laughs> thing that's going to tell me that it's going to be an excuse if you don't run 50 miles is if you get eaten by a bear or dragged off into the woods or you have bones sticking out, you better run your 50 miles or else <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. So when I made a wrong turn and I didn't make a wrong turn like you, man, I think I was like nine miles off course before I got back. And by that oh, point... Wow. I, it's um, it's in Ithaca, New York, and uh, it's got all those crazy steps like Lord of the Rings and the waterfalls. It's spectacular, spectacular race. I think USATF used it for their ultra champs a few times, but by the time we made our way back, this guy I was running with. We were so far behind, like we knew we were never going to make the cutoff. It was like no way. But I convinced the race director to let me go back out for the second loop, which was clutch because I got to make it pretty <laughs> deep into the race. And then I just ran around in the parking lot until I got to 50 miles. So my friend wouldn't. You uh, finished. Yeah, I had to. I mean, no official yeah. no official medal, but who cares at the end of the day? It doesn't matter. Yeah. And your first JFK, was it a big getting off course? Was it on the AT somewhere or where? Because I'm trying to think where you could get lost. There. There's not really too many places, right?
0: yeah i know i know i shouldn't have got lost to jfk of all places but it was uh it was during 2020 and it was right whenever you're supposed to kind of get onto the at um and kind of veer off to the right we yep. you a went group of us veered off to the left
1: you were with and then we sarah were back
0: on like the bike yeah you yep. were
1: with sarah because she's been on the show too yes yes because she came in second that year so were you were you close with her were you like in you know, in that race? Cause I really don't know how you did like, this is, you know, just learning about it.
0: Uh, I think I finished like fifth. Um, but we were running together at that point and, uh, definitely just both went off a uh, course and there was a group of us and then it kind of spit us back out, um, right on that, like hilly bike path. Uh, right Before you get to the AT and we're like, Oh, we did something wrong. This is not right. We were like seeing the other wave of runners come through and like, it was so early in the race what are you going to do? So we just hop back in with the group and try to make up some time.
1: Jump, jump on the AT plan B. Oops, oopsie. oopsie. I mean, that's like, that's really early. That's like what, two, two miles, maybe two and a half miles or something. I mean, you, you were much further, but you're, I think you're around two miles when you finally scale that hill that seems to never end. (laughs) When you start off in town, you just keep going up, up, up. And it's yeah. dark and you know the cows are out and the moon is breaking and it's so eerie. A couple dogs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you got some dogs <laughs> on the porch which is cool. But so now I feel you. Now I know exactly where you went because Sarah talked about that and then she came back Mm -hmm. and got her redemption and you came back and got yours. So this is an awesome tie-in story. Yeah. Totally love it. (laughs) And then when you got to the AT and this was in your first one, like, were you like worried about it? Are you just like, oh, so what? Who cares? Like, no big deal. Like, was it stressing you out at all or no?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I I just kind of like, you know, at a point I was just kind of laughing. Like, of course, of course I would get lost on my very first first ultra like of all people and i'm like this wasn't even supposed to be one to get lost like that wasn't even like a a worry whenever i was talking with mike before the race like not about getting lost it was anything else other than getting lost and and it happened so yeah there was a lot there was panic and then there was just like kind of just shaking my head laughing a little bit like yep that that makes sense that's me
1: love it Love it. And had you, so it was your first. Now, had you run on the AT before? Like, so getting to the the next no. portion there. So so first time AT, first time AT experience. Did you spill some blood? Because I know I did. I paid my toll, man. <laughs> you may have paid a toll for getting lost, but I paid my toll, man. I, I went down so. hard, man. I was like bleeding all over the place, man. But
0: So my actually first year got lost, didn't really have a fall or maybe like a couple trips, nothing big. Um, but second year I had a, a pretty hard fall. Um, and then uh Devin kind of like picked me back up, <laughs> like literally picked me up, uh, and then kind of kept going. But yeah, it was my second year that I fell. So first year got lost, second year fell. I'm like, third year, come on, just make it through the AT with like no no cuts, no missed turns, just make it successfully through the AT. And I was so happy when I got off the AT. I'm like, oh. I survived.
1: Now And now I'm really understanding the post third time is the charm because, yes, yeah. getting lost, spilling some blood. And yeah, I mean, for people who haven't run it, and I think I probably talked in at least 20 runners into doing the JFK 50 just from having so many guests on that have had amazing experiences there. And I've had age group runners that have run slower than me, and I've had elites on that have won like you. And It's just such a great race. I mean, everything about it—the history, the tradition, the community getting um, involved—just all of it. It's just uh, just this amazing coming together of spirit and and just community, Um, and it's it's a celebration. And obviously, like in uh, with COVID times, the race changed a little and wasn't quite the same. So it was awesome for you um, in the recent winners where they could have the celebration, you know, in the gym. And, you know, do the true award stuff and all of that stuff that was made the race like legendary, you know, getting to go in the gym and be up there with the other top women and men and, you know, get your check and the money and then, you know, kind of be around all the age groupers that are part of the day because it's, that's what makes it uh, so magical, man. So, yeah. And so first (laughs) time, wrong turn, second time, blood getting picked up by Devin and third time. You know, when you were going through, was it just, obviously you knew where you were going at that point, but how did you find the AT like in your second go round on the AT? Well, actually it was your third go round, but I'm saying, how did you find it between like year one, year two, and year three for you navigating it and just making your way through?
0: Oh, I mean, this past year, like I felt so much more confident on the AT. Uh, and also, um, cause I mean, like aside from the race over the past year, Um, My friend, Rachel, um, who just recently moved to uh, Colorado, she was living in Virginia and I've visited her a few times um, over the past year and ran the AT and I I got a lot more comfortable running the AT, not just like being in the race, but actually, you know, hours and hours with a friend out there. So uh, just, it, it was so nice to like get on the AT and actually like have some confidence when in the past I was like, I don't I don't know what I'm doing here.
1: Yeah, because it it really can scare you. I mean, you need to, Mm -hmm. I think it's like everything else. When you haven't done something... You better fear it because you don't, you know, you don't just like go dive into the ocean when there's like four foot yeah, waves and fearing if you, the unknown. Yeah, you don't understand the undertow and you don't really know how to swim right. You don't just like dive in and be like, okay, I guess I'll be okay. No, you won't. It's gonna end badly. And you know, for me, like the leaves and the light and all these different things, like and I've only run it when I've been down there for the race. I've never ever been out there any other time. And I can imagine whether you're able to make some day trips down or half a day trip down and run with friends, like the more time you get out there it has to it really has to build your confidence of like kind of learning the lines and where everything is and look i mean it only takes one bad foot plant right you could be rolling along and you step on a leaf but underneath it is some sharp ass rock some of those rocks are crazy right
0: oh yeah like i that's the i fell on a sharp rock last year so i mean it was just it was so nice to get on there and i mean I, i felt like i was like kind of surprising myself with each step i'm like okay like I'm, I'm on my feet and I, I feel like comfortable, like to a certain extent that as comfortable as you can't be on the AT, um, but just like comfortable and and confident. And, you know, I remember being, um, like just coming off the AT and like all I could think about, like, I just wanted my phone so I could call my friend Rachel and be like, thank you so much for like the weekends like spent and just like teaching me about the AT. I mean, we, um, like we car camps. Uh, and ran um, from the trailhead over the summer, so it was just like really cool to get on the AT and and um already have that experience like under my legs.
1: It's beautiful. Um, that's the beauty of the sport. I think that's what makes ultra so special and so unique. Is that everyone wants to bring another person in, um, whether it's volunteering to work at an aid station or you know cook up some food for the runners or. Or, you know, bring their high school cross country team out and just show them something about the race, some section of the race where it might some changes might actually take place. And you know, like it's just it's just such a special. Um, unique race and everything about it is fun but you know getting that like on course experience um, and you just develop some some confidence and and you're comfortable versus being so tense and stressed because when we run like that it's not all that different from skiing really difficult terrain if you're really stressed and really tense like Man, you could lose it in a hurry versus if you're just like, okay, let, don't freak out completely, but you do have to be alert because obviously if you're running two and you're right up at the front, like where were you position wise, like this year compared to in the past years? Cause obviously you were pretty far up there, even in your first year, you know, being in that pack that one off course, but where were you like year two and year three, you know, coming into the AT and coming off?
0: Um, year two, I, I'm honestly not even sure where I was like maybe fifth um, coming off the AT or right around there. Uh, this year I was in first, um, on the AT and like coming off the AT. So there was that like fear behind me. I'm like, Oh, I've never been in this position on the AT before. Like, what am I doing? Um, but just kind of rolling with it. And I, I got with a good, um, group of guys, uh, that really, honestly, it was, it was perfect. I just kind of latched onto them and they almost like set the pace. Like it was just nice to to chat with them and you know, for it to not, I mean, it felt like a race, but it didn't feel like a race because it was just running and kind of hanging out with that group.
1: Yeah. And then once you tackle that, because it's just like, it's three races. I mean, it's one race, but it's three you know, it's yes. the most its the most poignant example I can think of a race that's three races. That's what it is. And the distances are very different, of course. But, you know, you're just trying to survive the AT. That's the truth. I mean, you know, if you fall, you fall. It doesn't have to be bad. And you, whether you're bleeding a lot doesn't mean anything. It could be a surface cut that just bleeds a lot. But it could be a bruise or a really hard hit of an ankle or a tendon or a ligament that could just take you out of the day. So you're just trying to get the hell off of there. Now, coming in to Weaverton, shoe change, I'm assuming, Yes.
0: Yep. I, uh, Mike flagged me down and, uh, did a shoe change and, uh, just got like a new bottle, a couple of gels and, uh, took off again.
1: Nice. Nice. And what were you
0: running in? Um, I had the, uh, the Nike Vapor flies for the canal section. Sweet.
1: And what'd you run the, what'd you run the AT in?
0: The Hoka Tor- Torrance, I think yeah. that's what I had. Yeah. Torrance. Yeah.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And those, those got the good, they can absorb a lot. Um, they can yeah. take the pounding, but they can handle rocks. You know, if you're, when you're hitting that kind of stuff, cause you do hit it, whether you, whether you think you're hitting it or not, you're running on leaves and different stuff. And all of a sudden, boom, you hit a, oh, it was
0: perfect. Yeah.
1: And also you hitting a lot of wood and other stuff too. Um, so you, it really is a good shoe for that. and gives you the traction. So Mike hooked you up,
0: mm-hmm. you do
1: your transition like a triathlon, man. It's like, to, you know, it's like the swim to bike <laughs> transition, you know, in Weaverton.
0: I know, but both of our hands were cold. So like, I'm like trying to put it on and he's trying to tie my shoe. And I was like, I don't know which would be, be better right now. Cause your hands are cold. You don't think about that, about your hands being cold and not being able to tie, like tie your shoes just to get going again.
1: Yeah. And it, I mean, it's amazing. Like I uh, I got a cramp. A friend of mine, um, you know, had the same situation. She was helping me do the shoe change. And uh, yeah, I got a cramp because like my calves get really weird like that when I'm like, getting so low to the ground or whatever and I put weight yeah, on it's all yeah. of a sudden it's like why am I craft camping? It's like I didn't even only <laughs> run 13 miles or so. You know, it's not even a huge distance at all. Um but I found You just that, don't
0: think about that. Yeah.
1: Or if you sit in a chair, like I've seen people sit in a chair and do it. But you're right, it, it's tricky no matter what way you do it. Mm-hmm. So so you get to, you know, the towpath, path. Which is, you know, it's a little more than a marathon. I know most people think it's, I think it's like 26.4. I don't think it's 26.2. I think it's 26.4. I'm pretty sure Mike, because Mike's drilled those numbers into my head. But yeah. I'm pretty sure it's 26.4. Then it's like 8.5 or 8.6 on the road. So yep. getting onto the tow path Now you're leading and year two, you were what position like year two when you, when you got out of the AT? I,
0: I, I mean, I think it was around fifth, It was, fifth, fourth, something like that.
1: And you had, you finished really strong in your second race, right? You mean, you had a really good race, right?
0: Um, Yeah, I ended up finishing second. And uh, I just think, I forget exactly what mile that I, there was a group that I passed. And um, I mean, I was running by myself for quite a while uh, on the canal. And I honestly, I thought like, okay, this is my, this is my place for the day. I don't see anyone. And then I saw, and then all of a sudden I saw like a group of women um, so that kind of happened, uh, pretty, uh, abruptly the previous year. So it was just a different layout of the race, like compared like the second year compared to this year.
1: Yeah. And each year the fields are different. You feel mm-hmm. different. Um, the weather's different. So you're no matter what, no matter how much experience you have, it, it's always going to change. Each day is going to present different, different opportunities. And even for the elite women that are winning and running crazy fast times like you, the opportunity to work with other men that are running fast, those are really important. And, you know, to be able to you know, connect and team up with a few on the AT, it breaks that, those miles up. It takes some stress off you mentally. Sometimes if you're following somebody else and you're like in a group, oh, absolutely. you want to hold on to that group, whatever. Or if you're in the front and you're leading them, that's just as good because you feel like they're right behind you. And you know, you're all like working together, I'm like serving
0: a purpose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's what, when I was on the AT, I had to go to the bathroom and I was with this group of guys and I kept just like saying like don't stop like you're gonna lose this group and like this is key right now like you feel good like you don't want to run by yourself on this section like this is like fun and then I like I couldn't help it I'm like hey guys like I I might catch up with you again but like if not it was nice running with you I gotta go to the bathroom so I pop off to the side I go to the bathroom really quick and then I was like you know, I'm just going to search and, um, catch up with them again. Like might be a bad idea, but I really enjoyed running with them. It was helping out so much. And like, I'm, I'm just going to try to kind of, uh, book it to get up with them again. And I did. And then I'm like, I'm back. And uh, <laughs> it, it was perfect. It was definitely what I needed. Um, but just like getting onto the canal, I'll like, I'll be honest, getting onto the canal this year, um, compared to last year, like it, it's, it's kind of easier mentally to be the one chasing rather than to be the one being chased. And so getting onto the canal, like, there was a lot going on my in my mind, like, I'm like, I don't know who's behind me. I don't know how far anyone's behind me. I'm like, I'm being chased. I'm also trying to chase the record. Like, there was just like, this is in front of me, this is behind me, like, I gotta go. So it's definitely like, try not to like, let that be overwhelming and more motivating um, than anything else. But uh, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know for me, it's a, it's a funner spot to be the chaser than in that situation. Yeah. But it it worked out.
1: The hunter versus the huntress for sure. Um, I think anybody, I I don't know. I mean, I do know some friends of mine who love to be out front and set the pace and they, they'll take it out hard at any distance, you know, whether it's even like hundred or, Even longer, 100 used to be the longest now, these crazy 250 milers and just completely insane. Just, uh, but just mad respect, insane. Um, Oh, yeah. But yeah, everyone has a style. And for me, i am so much coming from where you are. I would love to, because the towpath, you can just see, I mean, you know, unless they're really far ahead, you can see. Um, and I always feel like it's Lord of the Rings, man. I feel like the Black Riders are going to come for me when I'm out there. You know, I feel yes. like, you know, Frodo and Samwise might be out there with the ring. Like, you know, definitely, you know, <laughs> Gandalf could show up in this white cape. Like, that's how I feel. Like, there's parts of me when I start to really get a little like woozy out there. I'm always like, okay, it's Lord of the Rings, man. They're coming for me. You know, maybe yeah. some giant bird is going to pick me up, you know, and <laughs> car- ca- carry me for to the next 20 miles or something, you know, and somebody's going to think I cut, right? cut the course. Well, it'd be cool as long as nobody found out about it. But then you'd have to live with yeah. it, though, which would be worse. You know, you'd be like, I can't <laughs> right. do this. You know, it's terrible. So. <laughs> I love it. So you're doing in-race fart, like, man, this is just getting better by the moment. You're like, ah, fuck the rules. Forget the race plan. Like, I'm going to go catch those dudes. We're in a good group. It's over. I'm rolling. I'm going to catch them, and I'll worry about everything else later. So you throw a surge in. You catch them. Now, did you hang with them much longer, or like, where did it go from there?
0: Uh, So, you know, we were on the the AT. We ran together. We got off the AT, and we all kind of went to our shoe change. And I was hoping that we could all link it back up because we had a pretty good group going. And we did for, I think, um, until mile 20. Uh, That's We had a group going on the canal for about, you know, five of those miles. And then I had to stop to go to the bathroom again. (laughs) So I stopped at mile 20. And there's a significant difference in, like, my paces. If, like, anyone sees my Strava, it's mile 20. Like, it's like, that's definitely the bath. Like, that was the bathroom stop. Um, so, and we all kind of like ended up splitting up from there. Like I caught up with one of the other guys, ran with him for a couple miles after that. But then, then it was just kind of like touch and go on, um, like getting up to people running with like some guys for a little bit and then kind of either they go or I go. So, but that was, that was kind of the end of the group.
1: Yeah. Hey man, you got a lot out of that. And, yeah, you know, I mean,
0: 20 I, miles, that's pretty good for an ultra. Yeah,
1: it's really good. And, you know, it it's just like breaking the races into stages, like Mike talks about, like the three-part race. But in that case, you know, you're 20, you know, to me, like I could almost calm myself into anything like, oh, 20 and 50, I'm halfway done. Yeah, not really. But like, my math sure wasn't really is. my strong suit. Like, it's like, okay, 20, <laughs> I only have 30 to go. Like, friends of mine will be like, you know, what do you tell yourself? In oh, I'm 16, only have 10 to go. That's like nothing. That's like, you know, it's cool down, yeah. my. Mileage, like what? I'm like, yeah, it's cool down mileage. Yeah. 10 miles. You You're like snobby. bargain
0: with yourself. You're like, okay, just get through the next five. And then you only have 15 and like, that's, that's fine. That's yeah. like, that's a Sunday run. That's okay.
1: Yeah. Then I'll recalculate, you know, then I'll yeah. recalculate and see, see what's going on. And um, so what were you doing for fueling? What was your fueling plan?
0: Uh, so it, it was nice because this is the first year I used like a hydration like belt rather than a hand, like the year before I did a handheld, The year before that, like the first year I wore a pack and, um, I didn't know what I was doing in general. So, um, but, uh, I mean, I still, you know, still trying to figure out everything, but, uh, the handheld just, I I just don't like using a handheld. So I think last year it definitely got pretty annoying and I wasn't able because I like to have like spring, um, and like the awesome sauce spring, um, like everyone else. <laughs> uh, so I was able to rip my spring and eat it with the handheld. So I barely took any nutrition last year. And so this year I'm like, I need my hands free. And I needed like a bottle. So I had like a, a flask um, in the hydration belt, which was super helpful. Like I could pull it out, um, you know, drink it and then pass it off to Mike. Uh, but just having that and then um, this spring, and then I think I took a, some potato chips, uh, the last cruise station, but yeah, so that was, that was key being, um, hand-free.
1: I like it. Well, I think we have to evolve and, um, the only way to evolve with this stuff, I know you didn't just show up on race day and say, Oh, I'm going to use a flask and I'm going to go with a belt this year. Like, I mean, I'm sure you practiced it and tried you also, it sounds like you just, you didn't like to go with the handheld. And I remember hating handhelds when I first started using them. And then it just, it just, after a while, it just became, okay, these aren't that big of a deal. And then I could even get to a point where I'd have two, but I totally get it. I don't want anything on my hands either. You know, even like my phone, I don't want in my hands, but I'll have it in a, in a, you know, a belt around my waist. Or if it's half tights that have a phone pocket or in the back somewhere, I love to have it with me, man, because, you know, I'm not going to win the race like you. And, you know, when I'm out there, man, I want to get some shots, man. I want to get some selfies out there, run selfies on the course. I want to get some video. And when I blow through the aid stations, man, I want to get some shots with some people. And, you know, especially when I'm like bleeding, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a good shot. This this is an Insta (laughs) shot. Let's get some. memory. And they're like, oh, let's patch that up for you. I'm like, I don't think so. Let's just like leave the wound intact. (laughs) No, it adds for
0: like a good like finish line picture, right?
1: Of course. A lot of blood. (laughs) Of course. I mean, come on. And they just, they were just like, oh, this dude's crazy. I'm like, thank you. Appreciate the compliment. Yeah. You Got anything else for yeah. me? No, that's it. Okay, I'm here to Thursday. Shrek. Uh, you know, see you guys on the see you guys see you guys in a little <laughs> while. But uh, that's my problem with the aid stations. The people are so awesome. They're so fun that like it's hard oh, yeah. for me. Like it's I'm too damn social in an ultra. Like in a marathon, I'm gonna be way more business like, and I'm gonna be way more focused on my time. But when I'm in an ultra, it's like a freaking party out there anyway. I mean, they got gummy, they are gummy bears and candy and <laughs> food. Like I'm supposed to stop there. Like it's just yeah so you,
0: like pop and chips <laughs> I, like this is great yeah was my first like then my first year at jfk i found myself like stopping like at the aid stations and i was i was taking a lot of pop like that i was like this is wild there's a race where i can drink pop and i mean i was downing it like that was that was another mistake like i should not have had as much pop as i did but also i was like kind of chatting while i was like sipping on a coke i'm like okay i, got, I gotta get rolling here <laughs> But it was fun and everyone's so friendly like it's kind of hard not to. Yeah. That's why you just had I had just had to go through this year I'm like I can't I can't I can't make conversation. Yeah. Well,
1: you're, you're leveling up, man. It's like a video game, except, you know, you were like, you're the rookie going the wrong turn. So that was like version one version two is like, holy crap, man, I'm in this thing. I got a chance to win. And like, then you come back and you actually did win and you break the course record. So yeah, to make those kind of improvements requires, you know, changing and tightening things up and, you know, like you can hang out with those people when the race is over. And I realize that too, but I, I want to have fun, man. And it's, it's different, you know? it's different you know you get older and your perspective for racing in general in the community just grows and you know that's why i started this show man i want to tell people stories like yours and share an awesome story like this because man you know you got lost your first year your second year you come back and you're kicking ass and your third year you come back and break the course record by six minutes i mean and you didn't just break a course record it's like ellie greenwood's record so like that is And I know like the reverence that Mike has for her, Mike Spindler, our boy, um, you know, who's like Mr. JFK and former two-time course record holder, you know, two-time winner. Um, you know, for him, I know I saw some notes on things that he said about you and wrote about you in the race, or I heard him talking about it in an interview, or maybe it was for the paper. Um, Uh you know, that had to feel pretty awesome, right. To read and see some of the things Mike had to say, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It was awesome. And just like, every, I don't know, everyone was so nice after the race, too, and all the comments. And sorry, my dog is getting a little couple shots in here, too.
1: Love it. Oh, this is, we did, we need a screenshot. I'll you know what? I'll go back through the video, we'll screenshot him or her, him or her. They're making an appearance, him. him. We're hashtagging him for the show. Um, if, if he's going to join the show, you know, I'm saying my girl is right over there, but she can't jump up here onto the old bar stool seat. Uh, um, so she's tried many a time to join episodes and it's usually gone very wrong, like knocking over my yeah. beverage or the microphone becomes unplugged or God knows what else. So, yeah, yeah. dogs on episodes adds value. I mean, come on.
0: Oh, this is my dude. So like, he's always got to have like a a nose in the the shot or something at least.
1: Yeah. Well, he hears you talking. He figures there must be, you must need him. He figures I better investigate. He's not getting
0: attention right now. So that's, that's the biggest thing is he's not getting the attention. So
1: does he run with you?
0: Oh, no, no. I've tried a couple of times, but um, it's, it's very, uh, very much a mess if he runs with me. It's more of, you know, we start out really strong, like really strong. Uh, and then the last, like I've taken him on maybe maximum five miles and first couple of miles, like we're, we're breaking records. And then those last few miles, I, I mean, there's multiple stops and I just, I look like such a bad dog mom because he's laying in the grass, like he's on his last limb. And I'm like, I'm kind of like pulling, like, come on, buddy, we gotta go. And he's just, he's down. So, and he's seventy pounds, so I can't carry him back with me.
1: Yeah. Man, man yeah. down. It's
0: a mess. Man yeah. down. We, we go on walks, recovery walks after my my runs. And he's he's
1: earning his stripes right there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you can't you can't ask for much more. But, yeah, it's so funny how, you know, you could be the littlest dogs that can just run forever and ever and ever on the trails. And they literally, there's no distance they can cover. Yeah. And then you have the wine runners and all those other breeds that are just crazy fast and made for running and built for running. You know, I have a dog that's like a pit lab. And she used to try to run on the cross-country course with my son Ronnie and I at Van Cortlandt Park, which is, you know, right outside of New York City. And it's legendary mm-hmm. high school. You, I don't know if you ran there in college, maybe. I have. Yeah. I have ran there in college. Vanny, yeah, Vanny, awesome. baby. Little Vanny shout out. So she would just yeah. rip. She'd rip Vanny with us, and she'd be rolling, just like you said, just full bore, just going shoulder to shoulder with us, <laughs> killing it. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just splay, like f- all four legs wide open, just flat yes. down into the ground, like a slide into second base, and then... She wouldn't move for like half an hour. I'm like, are you dead? Are you still alive? I feel a pulse. Like what happened? Yeah. That's it. I kind of
0: feel that though. Like, I feel like we've all been there, you know, that is like a metaphor of some kind.
1: Yeah. And as we all know, dogs are way smarter and they're living way better lives than we do. Come on. They.
0: they oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. They have the cheat codes. They know how to live. Um, They just give you yeah. a little look and wag their tail and, you know, treats come and God knows what else. I mean, you know, they my
0: Yeah. My dog gets a treat every time he goes to the bathroom. And like I, I think about it all the time. I'm like, you know, if like a human got a treat every time we went to the bathroom. That would be wild. <laughs> like this dog is living the life. Every time he goes to the bathroom, he demands a treat and he gets it. Yeah, it's like that. That would be nice. I wish that was how our lives worked.
1: Yeah, I, I think when we come back, we deserve that kind of attention that we've given to them. <laughs> but they're they're so awesome, man. They they hook us up yeah. so so much. Um, but anyway, you've evolved so much. I mean, you know, from first year Thanks. to second year to third year, and you know that's what the sport, the beauty of the sport is. You know, we have to evolve, we have to change, and you know whether it's more miles, whether it's more quality. Um, whether it's running some of those longer runs with a lot of faster paced stuff. And, you know, you're, you introduce fart look into a race. I mean, this is, this is new stuff. I mean, you know, we don't know what's going to work until we, until we try yeah. it. But the funny thing is, is if you weren't trying to catch them, you would have ran that section slower. You probably wouldn't have got the record. Yeah. Like who knows? Like, but in your mind you needed to do that. And that's the beauty of it. When we're decisive and we just decide we're going to do something it almost always goes well. It's when we're like yeah. on the fence and we're all like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And it's like, I might blow up my race. No, you didn't think about shit. you just like, I'm going to go catch those guys. <laughs> and You just ran yeah, them down.
0: That's just, like sometimes like, you know, you got to just like go with your gut, you know, like so to speak, you got to go with your gut and you know, it, it works or it doesn't. And then you learn from it and okay, move on. But I, I mean, that was just like a split decision. I, I kind—I mean, for a second, I was like, "This might be a bad idea." You know, I'm kind of surging on the AT, like definitely way too early in the race. But I really want to run with these guys, and it was great decision at the in the end. But in a different day, a different race, it might have been a terrible decision. Um, but who's to know? Unless you do it.
1: Yeah, that's how we learn. We take a swing. We take a shot at it. And you know you make a note for the next time. You know in this case it worked. It worked beautifully, um, and you know you came out. You're now, You're now being hunted. Um, now, do you have any idea? Cause JFK is not a really easy race to get that kind of interval stuff. Just knowing from my Kate, my friend, Kate winning, she, she ran it the year when the snow was on the AT. Um, I think it was 2017 or 2018 she won, but was a ton of snow covering that. And, um, the towpath was not necessarily snowy, but it was a lot muddier. So it wasn't as firm as normal. Um, but she talked about not really having any idea where she was. I mean, she was like 13, 14 minutes behind, I think when she got off the AT. So she had to make up a ton of time, you know, on the towpath. Oh, wow. And then she caught the lead girl, I think just right before you turn off to the last eight and a half miles, maybe a mile before there. So, and then she ended up winning by a crazy amount. Cause she ran, I think the second or third fastest split of counting all the men, For the last eight and a half miles. So she was like running like six forties at the end and closed it out really strong because she was afraid somebody was gonna catch her. So she just kept rolling. Well she was. Well, she was convincing herself that you know they were coming, you know. And I think it's a good thing to do. So in your case, you didn't know, right? You did you have any idea how far behind anyone was to you? Did did anyone have that kind of information or
0: so? My coach who was crewing me, he uh well, we had taught like before the race, like talking, um, just kind of like race plan. He originally said, he's like, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to tell you too many statistics. Like you don't need to know if you're ahead by a bunch, like you just need to keep going. And then I, that kind of, um, change in the race. He said, I know I I wasn't going to tell you, but like, this is like where you're at. And I'm like, okay. So I, you know, I saw him at the different crew stations and he had, uh, had that time down or at least once he told me and then I think another time at one of the crew stations some ran, um, some random uh, spectator uh, had mentioned it too so I kind of knew at those but I mean you only see your crew three times so uh, you know you never know what's happening in between and that's you know there's good sections where a lot can happen so um, you know I, I kind of I had an idea but you know at the end of the day like you know getting onto the road it's like you you just don't know you need to keep going. You can now slow down.
1: You do, man. You got to keep the pedal to the metal and, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like his plan of, he wasn't going to tell you anything and, you know, it's probably, you know, did you like it better that you had some idea or no, would you rather have not known?
0: I, I feel like it would be different in different races, but in this, um, circumstance, I, I was glad to know, at least to kind of have an idea of like what was going on, um, just just because, just to paint a little bit of a picture. Um, so, yeah, it, for this race, I, I definitely wanted to know. Yeah, and I mean,
1: you know, based on your, you know, what I've learned of your running, you know, running 239.01 in Columbus. So, you know, you're rocking, you know, six flat pace for a full marathon. So, you know, you have the wheels, If somebody comes at you for those last eight and a half miles, if you're feeling good, but you don't know how good you're going to be feeling, that's the only other thing, right? So you got to carry all that through to the towpath. You know, you set out on the towpath with a lead and you really don't know more or less like how many minutes you have or don't. But when you get to the last section on the road or were were there any sections on the towpath where you were either feeling great or not feeling so great and had to like adjust anything, you know, whether it was with fuel or how you were, you know, your body, like how did, how did that section go for you?
0: Well, I feel like the, from the first crew station right off the towpath or right off the AT um, up until the next uh, crew station, I think it was like 28, possibly 27. Um, that section, I felt really good other than having, when I had a stop at mile twenty to use the bathroom, I kind of panicked, like, this is my second stop, like, this, this could just ruin it. Like, if I'm on court, like, I don't need to have stops to try to get this record, I need to keep going. And I'm like, why well, I have to so there was a little bit of panic. Um, for, uh, for a few miles, just like wondering if like, that was going to kind of mess things up. And then I got to the, um, I think it was like 27 where the crew, like the next crew um, section was. And uh, I felt pretty good going into that. So I kind of ran through that. My coach um, switched out, like gave my bottle, uh, ran um, beside me, gave me uh, some more spring. And I was able to run easily through that. And then it, mentally the next section. Um, so from like 27, I might be getting this, like these numbers wrong, to the 38s, to the last crew, that section felt super, super long. Like I, I don't know if I had any miles that really were significantly different, but more mentally it, it was, it was hard to get through that just because you're at that point of the race where you have quite a bit of miles under you, but you still have a lot of race to go. And so I was definitely second guessing a lot of my decisions earlier on the pace that I had started out. Cause that wasn't exactly the pace that we had talked about. Um, but I just kind of kept rolling with, with the times. And so I'm like, you know, was this a bad idea? Am I going to blow up? Who's behind? Like, you're just questioning everything and and trying to talk yourself out of like, you know, any decision-making being bad or, or ruining the day. And that was definitely those, like, I think it was like 11 miles. Um, it was a lot of uh, questioning life decisions, <laughs> but then once I got to that last crew at like 38, um, I think just knowing because at that point you're ready to get off the towpath. Like as it, nice as it is that the towpath is flat, like you're ready to have a different scenery. And so I, I, I think I said to my coach like, "Yeah, I'm fine, but I'm ready to get off this. Thing. I'm ready for the, the road. Like I need to be off of this." Um, and so that after that. Uh, definitely, um, mentally felt a lot better. Uh, when I got on the road, the last four miles, I, you know, I could, I could tell, like, I'm like, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to sit down. Uh, my feet hurt, my ankles hurt. Uh, I, I just want to sit. So physically the last four miles were hard, but mentally more than anything, it, it was, um, that, that 11 mile section in between cruise stations.
1: Love it. Yeah, I love to get inside people's heads and just think because we we all battle this stuff. It doesn't matter. You could run 180 miles a week or you could run 50 miles a week. It doesn't matter how much mileage you do. There's many You do six-hour trail runs back-to-back. Back. You can do all this shit. You can put your treadmill on 18% incline with a weight of – I don't care what you do to prepare when you get out there on race day and it's a whole different ball game. You're in the lead too. So that's a whole different other element you're juggling. You know, you're not only that you're trying to win, but you're also trying to go after an amazing course record that has stood up for an incredibly long period of time. It's not like th- they're having Camille Heron's run there. I mean, great women that have won Western States and other races like that have run JFK and competed there. So uh, it's a, it's an, a staunch, uh, record to go after, you know, a really, really tough record to go after. And then there's the mental part that it's always going to come for us at some point. And that's why you oh, see yeah. that stay in the fight sign behind me. That's the mantra of the show. Uh, yeah. it's my personal mantra. Um, so everybody uses mantras of some point. Um, at that point, do you start to think about those things? Cause when we get into those modes of like, "Uh Oh, I shouldn't have done this or that that's the time that I always try to counsel people or other guests that come on the show. I don't even care if they're pros. Like, that's the point we have to try to recenter ourselves. You know, I'm not a yoga person, man. I'm like the least flexible person on planet earth. But if I were, you know, like breathing and centering yourself, and that's really, you got a lot to go. Like you said, those last 12 miles on the towpath were even hard. So do you try to bring yourself back, think about your breathing, think about a mantra or something to take yourself out of that kind of a path where it might be something that could devolve quickly?
0: Um, so I, I have a few things that like I've thought about, um, like more mantras. I mean, for this race specifically, uh, you know, just talking with my coach before, um, JFK, uh, he sent me an article from after Ellie's race and, um, like an interview that she'd been, at, um, a part of, and it, it was something along the lines, um, that she had talked about like she was going through the race and she said that there was uh just a random spectator that like said play your own game and i thought that was really cool and um talking with my coach like that was kind of the plan you know all along like play your own game run your own race like just stay focused within uh so like that was definitely something that you know i had thought about like you know like yeah like you're questioning like okay like did did i do something wrong was this a bad decision to start out at this pace or to go this hard here? Um, or to take the lead like so early. Um, but then you know, you go back to like, okay, play your own game. Like that's that's what you're doing, you know? And um, so I thought about that. And then like my go to always think about like, well, at least for the past um few years, is uh is like a personal um mantra, um with like kind of a, a side story to it, but, um, fall down, get back up. Um, just because, uh, one of my, um, high school and, uh, college teammates who passed away a few years ago, uh, he, um, I was talking with his mom and, uh, she was telling me that, you know, the first time that he had came home and and said, um, you know, something about me or she'd heard about me, uh, he said that there's this girl in the basketball team that falls down and gets back up, falls down and gets back up. And like, I guess he's like, we got to get her to run cross country. And so, you know, I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, in the grand scheme of things is probably, you know, this girl is terrible at ball sports. Like we got to get her to do something else. She's constantly falling down, but you know, I like to think of it as like, okay, fall down, get back up. Like if it's literally, you're on a trail, you're fall, you fall down, you, just pick yourself back up or mentally like, yeah, we're all going to like have those moments in races there. It's inevitable. Like anytime you're in an ultra or a marathon or, I mean, heck even a five K you're going to have like um, some of those thoughts, like you're going to have negative thoughts. They're going to come. You have to know what to do with it. You have to be able to pick yourself back up. If you don't pick yourself back up, then I mean the race is, you know, not going to go great. You know, sometimes you like actually can't pick yourself back up and that's okay. That happens. That's what bad races are, but you know, you're going to have to eventually have a moment where you just get yourself back up. And so I, I like to think about that like, you know, don't no, no, get back up. Get back up. You're fine. You're fine. Um so that was definitely like in my mind kind of repeating um those like 11-ish miles on the on the towpath.
1: It's important you have to have something that can change that voice in your head, you know, change that narrative for a little while. Because I said it before, man, I feel like the the black riders are going to come for you out there on the towpath, man. It's like Lord of the Rings, yeah. man. Somebody's going to come for you. It's just that same – it's that same visual, you know, the Potomac's there, the trees are there, the leaves are there. The width of it is not really changing. You know, sure, you get a little bit of ups and downs and it bends around a little bit here and there. But for the most part, you know, your sight lines and your view are so similar – And, you know, you're out there ahead. So, you know, you're not in some big pack with runners on the towpath. I mean, you're just out there, you know, running ahead, like kind of blazing the trail into the unknown. Like, uh, you know, Black Riderville, like I said, maybe they're going to come for you. Um, But they didn't. They didn't come for you. Um, And you worked out, you know, some of the decisions you made. If you weren't questioning some decisions out there, what the hell else are you going to do for fifty plus miles? I mean, it's a long damn way to be out there in your own head, right? Think about it. I mean, that's a long time. And the gift that we get when you get some partners on the AT or in other sections, or even that you know get changing your shoes and talking to Mike, those gifts are they break it up, you know? Or with your coach as you're going through your three, you know, your three stations, you know, where you have a chance to catch up with him and get your fuel. But for the most part, the rest of the day is spent it's in here. Right. So it's a lot, it's a lot going on. Um, and you know, you got to do whatever you can to keep yourself centered and, you know, keep yourself as relaxed because you know, that section, you're absolutely right. I don't know anyone who at some point doesn't just want to feel like, get me out of here. You know, where's Sarah? Sarah made a right turn and she bailed off the towpath. She's gone. Sarah made a left and she's, she's in the Potomac. I don't know. She must have just wanted to get out of here. Like, I mean, I could see somebody doing it. I really could because after a while, you're just like, wait, how are we not there yet? And then you finally get to that right turn, man. You finally get to that turn and yep. you go right up that stupid-ass hill. I mean, you make the right and then you make that left and you go up some such ridiculous hill, which I don't know anyone who doesn't hate that hill. Although at that point, you yeah. kind of want some hills anyway, just to break it up because your body exactly. has been so repetitive, just like over and over and over. So it probably helped you kind of kickstart and get some muscles going again, or just like get some different body parts engaged. Right. I mean, just to get moving again.
0: Yeah. And as, as punchy of a climb as that is, it really, it's nice to see because after just seeing the same thing over and over, it's just, it's like you almost like get into like, like it's a different race so you kind of try to like refocus and just like switch like one lights off other lights on. And, you know, as hard as that Hill is to get up, it's, it's short, you get up it and then it's, it's pretty, you know, straightforward from there.
1: Yeah. And I imagine, you know, being able to rock a two thirty nine in Columbus and break the course record at JFK, you must be strong on Hills anyway. Um, you're not just good at running fast on the towpath path. You gotta be strong on Hills and you must, do a lot of work on Hills as well. Right.
0: So yes and no. So I live in Columbus, Ohio, um, Pancake which is, flat. yes, it's extremely flat. It's like finding a unicorn around here to find a Hill, um, which I have like a set of Hills that I just run up and down, uh, during the week. But, um, you know, it, my, my training also includes a lot of driving. Um, so on the weekends I drive, uh, an hour, and 15 to an hour and a half typically, um, to go more South, um, to Athens, Ohio. And, uh, I mean, almost, almost every weekend I'm driving, um, and adding that on to the long run that I already have, uh, I'm going there, which I I love it there. So it's, it's almost like a treat to get out of the city and, and to go, um, go South and, uh, you know, either on the trails there or, um, on some gravel back roads and, uh, so that's what most of my long runs consist of. And then during the week it's, you know, a, a strength or a speed workout or something like that. And um just trying to find whatever hill I can in Columbus.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just to just to keep it sassy and mix it up, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And
1: you know, the trail is good to get you ready for, you know, it's not the AT, right? It's probably not technical yeah. like that, but it's still at least it's gravel, it's dirt. And so at least surface-wise, it's still good for the footing because man you you gotta get those miles in out there. and um, you know I'm just I'm just amazed at how fast. Um, you know I watch Western states and these other ultras that you know now you get to watch or even UTMB. I just can't believe the technical sections, like how fast these some of these men and women can run these oh, sections. It's bananas or the down. forget the uphills. it's the downhills. I'm like, what? I mean, it's like, they're, they're going like black diamond ski speeds down these hills. And I'd be like, I don't think so, man.
0: It's like free falling. Yeah. (laughs) Just, it's a trust fall the whole way down. I'm, I'm still trying to figure that, that part of it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, so you get to the roads, you're happy girl. You're happy. Things are changing. For the most
0: part. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you know,
1: there's a, there's a shift too, you know, like you're, you're finally off the towpath you know, you're finally on the roads again. And you know, you know, at the worst case, it's eight and a half from the time you make that turn. And, you know, once you get a mile under your belt, you know, like I got seven miles to go, you know, at some point, you kind of start counting it backwards. And um, was there any point that you were worried anybody was closing in on you? Um, I don't think there was, but you know, was there any point that you had any worries or concerns like that?
0: I think on the road, um, my main focus and concern was just like, I was kind of doing the math in my head on like, you know, how, I guess I kept like trying to tell myself, especially the last few miles, I'm like doing the math. I'm like, you could still run eight minute pace and get the record. Like, I just, I I kept repeating that in my head. Like you can like, if your legs just completely give out on you, like you, you could get through that, you know, but there was also the fear of, I, I don't know why I had this crazy fear, but it wasn't until like maybe the last two miles that I was like, okay, I I think I can do this. Um, Because maybe the last like four or five, I kept thinking like, something bad could still happen. Like, I don't know if my leg like this crazy fear, which I mean, maybe it's not irrational, because it does happen. But I'm like, what if my legs just completely give out on me, and I'm not even able to run. And I have to walk this whole thing in. And I go from like, being like ahead of the course record time to now, you know, now my legs like, or have given out completely on me. I'm sitting on the side of the road. Like, that's the things that go through your head. Like, I mean, I wish every, every mile was super positive and you know, I, I dug myself out of that, you know, and got through it. But I mean, to be honest, that's what you think about. And so, yeah, I was, I had all these fears of my legs just crapping out on me. Um, so that was the main thoughts in my head. The last, uh, five, six miles. And then the last two miles, I was like, okay, I think, I think I can do this. I think I'm good. My legs still feel okay.
1: They're still underneath me. They're still moving.
0: Yeah. Um, They're moving. That was the biggest thing. I I kept like looking down at my legs I'm like, okay, they're moving. It's okay. This I'm is fine. good.
1: This is good. We're heading towards the finish <laughs> yeah. line. I haven't gone off course, at least not yeah. yet. Now, did you have the bike in front of you, if I remember? Is there, yeah. is there a bike in front of you? Yeah, because I know, you know, because, like, I mean, man, you could, you know, you're in the lead of the race. I mean, you could get lost. It's possible. Yeah. I mean, I've only run it twice, so I don't think I would get lost, but by no means, if it were dark, I could easily make a wrong turn um, it should yeah. still should definitely have been light for you. At that point, I'm sure. I mean, at the time you're running, for sure, it's daylight. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's wild. And I don't think it's irrational. I think it's we're all going to worry about something that can happen. Like a calf cramp yeah. that happened to us sometime that we remember from like 10 years ago. We're like, what if my calf cramps? Or what if this happens? And yeah. Yeah. I mean, we can't help that. That's just That stuff is buried deep, man. <laughs> it just comes out of yeah. the worst possible well, times.
0: And it's one when- thing stuff like when it's so important to you like you have all these like emotions and fears and connected to it too and you know that's just where you have to have that mantra or whatever it is to be like no you're fine you're fine you know whatever it is that you repeat in your head multiple times or or sometimes um I don't know other like another thing that I do too is sometimes if things are really hard I, I like try to like mentally go somewhere else like go like to a like a training run that I felt like super good on. I was having a really good time. Everything felt like it was clicking and just like mentally like go somewhere else. Like how some people like go to the, like in their head, they're like at the beach or wherever it is. Like I think about like good training runs on my favorite spots that I, you know, could just run with my eyes closed. And um, sometimes that's what I have to do too. And there was a little bit of that on the road as well as I'm just like, just go somewhere else, go, go to a, a Sunday run where everything was fine.
1: Yeah. Hey man, the mind games and whatever we play with ourselves, we have to, we got to do something because it's a long time to be out there. Um, yeah. it's not, it's not really long when you run for six hours and five minutes and 42 seconds compared to somebody like me, but it's still, it's all real, it's all rel, relative and it's, it's still a long time. And, In our own minds, it doesn't matter if it's five hours, three hours. I mean, look, 2.39 for a marathon, 6.05, just look at how much more time you're out there mentally engaged and running on different surfaces and taking on these different sections. So it's a lot to stay engaged and keep it together but what was the last, you know, you make that turn, you come up the long straightaway. I'm sure you could hear Mike on the PA and Mike was Mike's always on the PA, at least I think so. Um, yeah. what was it like coming home, you know, coming up the stretch there, knowing it was actually going to happen and, and come to fruition?
0: Oh, um, it was very emotional. <laughs> uh, and then I saw my coach too. And, um, just the excitement of, of that, the last like hundred meters. Uh, and I just like, we just kind of made eye contact. We're like, oh, it has actually happened. And, uh, and then seeing my parents and I saw my dad running and I'm like, well, this is a weird sight, <laughs> And, uh, it, it was, it was just, I feel like this has been a huge goal of mine. And this is something that anyone that's close with me has heard me like almost annoyingly talk about for, um, the past few years now and how much I love this race and, and how much, you know, I wanted to win this race and, just for it to and how many of like there's been so many runs um, you know, over the past year, especially of like just kind of, you know, you picture yourself in that moment and like crossing the line first and, you know, on runs that are, are hard or dark or you're by yourself after work or whatever it is and it gets you through that run. And, you know, I kind of went back I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've like pictured this moment for so long and it's happening. And it, it doesn't seem real. And but it was, it was just really emotional. It would just, it felt like at, all the pieces came together. Um, and it was, it was just, uh, I, I can't fully, it's hard to describe the, that feeling when everything comes together and everything that you, you know, thought about for so long and, you know, a big goal comes true. Like uh, Best feeling.
1: I think you did a beautiful job. You know why? Cause I feel Thanks. like, I feel like I was out there. Um, your dad, your coach, um, you know, your family, You know, just you you that's what you do. You visualize, you close your eyes and you think about, you know, any runner who's ever listened to my show, maybe they've never dreamed about breaking the tape at a major race, but they certainly dreamed about running a sub three, maybe, or running a BQ number time, whatever that number might equate to. Yeah. Or maybe it's finishing. It's nothing to do with an actual time. It's just in their mind, they're gonna get across the finish line of the New York City Marathon or the JFK fifty that has zero to do with time and just about just accomplishing the goal, getting from the beginning through the middle to the end. Um, But it's when we take ourselves out there on all of those training runs, on all those hard runs, on all those track workouts, on I don't care if it's treadmill day in the snow, whatever it is, that's where you're starting to manifest what actually comes to life. And I don't think that can come to life without thinking about it in that way. You have to put it into practice and you on the exactly. hard days when you're suffering and struggling, you have to think about why you're struggling and suffering because there's something that's that important to you that you really want and then to have it happen, you know, I could feel the emotion, you know, of you because I saw you coming through the tape and you know I saw the clock and I heard, you know, Mike on the PA and You know, like I said, that that race will always be special to me. I've only run it twice, but you know, Devin and, and Mike and just his whole team, you know, the war room. And I got to hang out with them in the war room last year and they gave me a special number. And, (laughs) you know, we did a couple of podcasts down there and it's just, it's just, it's the best form of community you could ever have or want. Oh yeah. And they put so many hours in throughout the whole year. Forget about race weekend, just so much planning and coordination, you know, between the trail and the AT and the roads and and just all of it and just so much sacrifice um, by so many people to put that race together. In 60 years, you won the 60th. So that's another huge thing. You know, I got my yeah. 50th, you know, New- actually, this is the 51st New York City. I ran in the 50th too. But, um, you know, those meaningful races like of a major year, like I ran in the 100th Boston and, you know, you won the 60th JFK. I mean, it's the oldest yeah. race in the United States. It's the oldest ultra. I mean, these are big these are big, big things. And you didn't just win the race. You set the course record. So (laughs) amazing, man. Totally amazing.
0: Thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it. It was, it was just, uh, just to watch a a dream and a goal, like actually come to reality, like reality. It was, it was awesome.
1: So it's awesome for you and how you feel, but I guarantee for your coach, it's every bit as meaningful, if not more, I guarantee you with Mike, Mike has to feel like in some way he is a part of it because he knows how much you love the race and that, you know, you had, you know, a wrong turn in your first experience, but you learn from it. You come back, you, you really come close and then you come back and you not only win, but you set the course record on that year. So, and then you have family and you have friends and people you train with. Who was your friend you said you ran on the AT with? Uh, Rachel. Rachel. So Rachel gets a shout out for sure and deserves it. (laughs) Yeah, Um, But I mean, these are people like they were part of that experience for you and with you. And in my experience, like when my friend Kate won, we were more excited for her than she was. That's the God's honest truth. (laughs) I mean, that cup, that JFK cup is like in their lake house, like in a closet somewhere because she just doesn't, she's not about what personal celebration, like it's all the training to get fit enough to win the race than it is about the cup yeah. and the time or the other thing. So like everyone's different. And me, look behind me, you can see all my medals and all my stuff. I love my <laughs> stuff. I love my swag. I love those memories, those pictures. Um, but we're all very different in how we're motivated. So for you, you weren't just trying to go out and win. You were trying to go out and win a course record. So that tells me like how you're motivated is very different.
0: Yeah, I definitely intrinsically, you know, I, I just, I think, especially it being my third time like, I wanted to see like, what I could do. I mean, last year, when I finished, I had thought for like a whole year of like, how much time can I take off of last year? Um, You know, I I know, I feel like I'm fitter than what I was last year. I feel like I'm, you know, the fittest that I, I have ever been, like, what can I do? And you know, it's kind of, it's like a fun game to see how much time you can take off or what like new version of yourself that you can be. And, you know, it's funny you say that the cup, um, like my, my parents, they, they took, they like accidentally left it in the trunk of their car, which is fine. Um, but like, I could tell it wasn't really an accident. Like they really wanted that to be at home. And I'm like, that's fine. (laughs) You guys can have it. Like they, they love that stuff. So. Um, they, and yeah, for them, it's, it's fun to, to have in the house. But, um, for me, it's, it's just, you know, knowing that like I, I did something, I, I'm a different version, a better version of myself than I was last year. And, and that's exciting. And just, you know, kind of wondering like, okay, then what can I do like in different races or, you know, who can I be in a year? Like that that's, that's cool to think about. And that's, you know, just evolving.
1: I love it. Cause that's where I was going next. Um, you know, so we know what, what motivates you and what moves you and your parents stealing the trophy, uh, accidentally stolen. Uh, I already love that. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they just...
0: called me when they were down the, like maybe an hour cause <laughs> yeah. they left the the night of the race and they they called me like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> oh we actually forgot it in the trunk. I'm like, yeah. Okay. That wasn't an accident. It's fine. I mean, you guys could have just taken it, but
1: you know. Yeah. That trophy's getting a tour of your entire neighborhood. It's going to end up at okay. your old school. They're going to, they're going to take <laughs> that thing everywhere. Did you see yeah. Sarah's trophy? Do you know she set the course? <laughs> I mean, come on. That's what parents are here for, man. They're, they're your hype yeah. people, man. You know, God bless, man. Uh, it's so yeah. much better than the other way. If they weren't interested oh, in your definitely. running or what you were trying to do or what moves the needle for you. And you have their support, that's just so awesome. So, for sure. um, what do you think is next? So, the trial's probably not realistic for you, right? I mean, you know, you didn't really get a chance to focus on that. I mean, you were only two minutes away from the new standard 23901, 237. I mean, you were right there. Um, mm-hmm. so I think anybody can see that you have the wheels to do that if that's what moves you are you more interested in the ultra side and continuing to develop yourself that way or do you think you want to see how fast you can be at 26.2 and you know continue to work on your speed there
0: um i mean i i'm really excited uh, to see like what i can do in the ultra scene i mean i'm i'm doing black canyons 100k and um you know and also want to go back to canyons. Um, I, I want, you know, I'm going to these golden ticket races and, uh, you know, having that as a big, big goal of mine. And, you know, I, it would be great to, to fit in, in another marathon, but I'm not like, you know, planning and specific being very marathon specific. And I think that's good for me for the marathon because I, I ran a personal best by five and a half minutes from my previous marathon, which was years, um, before, like since I had ran a marathon. Um, so, you know, it evolving, like I was hoping to, to run a better time than I had years before, but not by that, that much, that big of a margin. And I think it was just simply like not being so laser focused on the marathon. And I'm I'm okay with that. I, I love the ultra scene and, um, I love, you know, diving into it, seeing the new races, the, races that i haven't even heard of yet um but yeah fitting in another marathon along the way that that would be great um but i don't have one like specifically planned or or anything like that but i just know that you know i want to take a dive into these 100 ks in the spring yeah
1: well you've ran an olympic trial so you ran in atlanta so you had that experience which Mm -hmm. was beyond epic i was down there Watching that and got to be all around the course, just cheering my head off for everybody. What a just insane day of just insane weekend, so just fun. crazy energy and incredibly, horribly tough conditions <laughs> race day <laughs> with like swirling winds that seem to always be like in everyone's face, no matter where you were. It was just a, such a rough day and, and a tough course, um, tough course. So you had that experience. You certainly are like right there, could easily make that standard or with some focus on it you know, get to that standard again, if you want to, but if ultras, uh, what gets the fire going, man, then hell, man, that's where you put your energy. And you know, what's more exciting to think about Western States or UTMB?
0: Uh, Western States. I feel like that's, you know, if I had the chance, like that would be like very exciting and UTMB. I, I love the, the atmosphere, like the the whole layout of it. It's As a race specific for me, I feel like I, it would be really hard for me to train for something like that, where I live right now, that would be, you know, in the future, maybe not living in Columbus, that would be, um, a great for me to do, but it, it would be very hard for me to train specifically for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, just couldn't have said that any better. Um, I don't know how you, I don't know how you could, um, it's just so technical. Um, and just the requirements are, are just so different. Um, and Western, although you know you have great temperature changes and a lot of elevation, you also have a lot of downhill too. Um, it's way more runnable and way more easily prepared for than something like UTMB, um, for sure.
0: I just – there's nowhere in Ohio to really like <laughs> practice using poles. <laughs> so – yeah that would be a big factor like i don't know how to use poles
1: i know they'll be like what is this girl doing with these poles what is she doing she's like running around in the field. i like the
0: metro parks around here like i don't think that would go yeah
1: like somebody's gonna call the cops and be like i don't know what this girl's doing but it doesn't look it doesn't (laughs) look a little crazy yeah we better like send somebody (laughs) check up on her man so (laughs) awesome man so ultra um, how about on the sponsor side? I mean, you're doing some great stuff. Um, are you like teamed up with anybody right now? Have people approached you on the sponsorship side?
0: Uh, I've had a little bit of conversation, but it also, I feel like it's kind of a weird time of year. It's the end of the year. So, um, you know, just kind of keep, keeping my options open and, and seeing where that goes. But, um, it also being like a, you know, end of the year type of budget thing, you know, but we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, hopefully man come on you're doing some big things and you know hopefully you're right it is uh the way they do it is all timing cyclical base so um, hopefully um you're getting a lot more people paying attention to what you're doing um because that makes such a difference man to train at this level and be competitive you know look it, it helps a lot and everyone needs that yeah. everyone needs that help whether it's gear equipment um maybe paying to get you out to train at altitude or other things like that um you know, that's all stuff that can make a big difference. Um, because look, face it, you got to work to pay the bills and do this, right? It's still, yeah. And you're working in healthcare, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I work, uh, I'm a physical therapist assistant at a a hospital. Um, so it's pretty, pretty demanding job. I'm on my feet all day and, um, definitely different than more of an outpatient setting therapist, um, who works more in like sports on the sports side of it. I'm working with, pretty sick people and, um, definitely a lot of like lifting, um, and transferring patients and things like that. So, uh, it, yeah, it it does make, um, training harder and, um, just kind of the demand of it, but yeah, that's, that's the day job.
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately almost all of us have to have one. Um, there aren't too many, even the most amazing runners aren't too many of us who really are going to earn maybe Kipchoge and a handful of others, but, um, it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, look, it's, it's a beautiful sport and it's a great way to live. And, um, it's an amazing lifestyle, but you know, it's just one of those things where most of us will need to have that real career. Um, yeah, to, you gotta have your day job. Yeah. To fund our lifestyle and our adventures.
0: Exactly. It's like, yeah. Like I, I use a lot of my, um, more of my money to, for travel, <laughs> you know, The earnings at work, or um, bonuses, or things like that. Yeah, they go to travel, which is fine because I love it. I love going to new places and races, and especially racing out west. It's awesome, but it does get pricey.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Flights, Airbnb, hotels. You know, food. All your and of course gear. I mean, we're always we always need new shoes. We need new. Yeah. I mean, come on, (laughs) man. It's. Those have a couple hundred miles on them. Time for some new ones. We gotta. Yeah. Mama needs a new pair of shoes. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. So, um, I always ask every guest, um, you can't get to this level. You can't set a course record and take somebody's record down. Who is such a, you know, a legend in the sport without being incredibly driven, without having the fire and the passion. So where do you think your fire passion and drive comes from?
0: Um, I mean, like I said, like, you know, I definitely like, intrinsically you know i the the fire like within um but also like community you know it's it's nice i think that i i always like to see you know how much how much better that i can get like in you know different versions of myself um but you know the community near and far um are just just help like i don't know it, it just keeps you going you know everyone um just kind of being involved in, um, or like invested in these races and in the training and, um, you know, or running with people and, um, just seeing how they do and how they're motivated and gets you motivated too. Like I'm, I love seeing, um, different people like from the Athens area, you know, um, where I go and run a lot and where, um, the running store that I've been running for, um, is at, it's just, it's great to see them motivated and it motivates you and I, I don't know intrinsically motivated but also motivated by others like my running partners and um you know just anyone that i've met along the way
1: yeah i mean look your running inspires a hell of a lot of people for sure um you know on the ultra scene the jfk world and certainly going to be more people who are going to start becoming aware of your story hopefully after listening to this run chats episode yeah. for sure. Um, how about you? Are you, do you have a favorite or two, uh, on the ultra scene? You know, somebody you look up to, somebody you admired as a runner, um, somebody whose style you really enjoy and just, uh, somebody moves a needle for you.
0: Um, kind of think of like specific. I just feel like I've met so many like different, uh, like friends and things like that. Um, that like, have like helped along the way. Like, I mean, like my friend Rachel has been so fantastic. Um, and just, it's so interesting because our, our like styles are a little bit different and, um, you know, our like strengths are kind of different and it's so nice to, to link up on a run and also to see like the races that she's, you know, excelling at. And, um, I, I don't know, it's just, that's really motivating and Um, and then my, my coach, Michael Owen, um, has been like, so motivating. He's been in the sport for a while and we were both, um, ran at the same college, but at different uh, times. And, um, you know, I've always just known of him before we even started coach or like working together. So that's been pretty cool too. Um, so I'd say people that I've, I've been really close with, um, motivate me and that I look up to, um, but also, you know, others that are like just crushing it in the sport, um, you know, uh definitely, definitely have motivated me along the way, but more like a personal level of people that I've like really interacted with If that. I guess if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Makes a ton of sense. And, um, always ask everybody before rolling out, um, something community based, obviously you're a big fan of community, the community feel of like the JFK race specifically. We both share that. Oh yeah. And um, what's something that you like to do in the community? doesn't have to be about running, just something you like to do to try to give back.
0: So my, uh, my coach, Michael Owen puts on, uh, races, uh, around Ohio and I I love volunteering at these races. I love going to these races, um, and cheering. He has the Ohio's backyard ultra is such a fun event. I think everyone should go to it. It's awesome. And it's like, personally, like where it's, um, where it's held is close to where my college town is and just. I've ran out there for so long. So it's really cool to see a lot of people enjoying that area and those trails. Um, and so just I, volunteering at those races is awesome for me. I like to see the other side of it, like talking um, about, you know, p- having conversation with people um, at the different aid stations, you know, and actually being that person and seeing people come in and and in um, the different emotions along the way. They're, they're sitting down and like they need someone to chat with to get um, get through the race. Like that's a cool side of it that I, I didn't experience, you know, with road running or anything like that, or you don't experience when you're racing necessarily, you don't see that side of it. So it's cool to, to see it. And also, I mean, it motivates me too. It's awesome, you know, to see people um, pick themselves back up after sitting at the aid station for a little bit. Um, and also just being, you know, being that person to like fill up a water bottle or maybe like help their race along the way. Um, I just, I love volunteering at races.
1: Fabulous. It's such a great way for any of us to give back. Um, and yeah, we just have sure. to we just have to change one person's day that's struggling and you know, just give them a little pep talk or like give them a little food or maybe even just you know just chat with them, listen to them for a little bit. And then if you see Tell them a joke, later, whatever it is exactly man. Yeah. Corey, Courtney DeWalter is famous for the jokes, man, dad jokes yeah. and everything in between. But, you know, like when you read about it. And see that somebody rallied and that they finished or they got back up off the canvas and, you know, they were walking and they didn't think they were going to finish and they ended up actually running and like actually finishing strong. I mean, it just changes somebody's whole relationship with running and it makes them want to give back and volunteer and sit in that chair and sit in that spot. And um, that's the beauty of our sport because marathons and road running and running in high school and college and all – and plain sports, it just sometimes becomes just too competitive where our focus is only on running the best we can for the team and helping the team win and score. And um, it's maybe not always about sportsmanship or helping another runner. And hey man, we're all entitled to run as fast as we can and should be. Um, and it doesn't mean in Boston when somebody's cramping on Heartbreak Hill, you're gonna stop and help them. I mean, you know. That's just not what it is. Um, It doesn't mean that you shouldn't feel for them, but, you know, your job is to run the fastest you can. But in Ultra, there's just a lot more ways in the community to be involved and and help and give back. So I'm very happy to hear you're doing that. And it's been like so fun hearing about your insane race (laughs) and how it all came together (laughs) and your history with JFK. I mean, that's been like so fun. And I guarantee you, um, the JFK fam who regularly listen to the show, they're gonna be so fired up to hear that I had you on the show. Um, but we covered a lot of stuff. Is there anything we didn't get to that maybe you did want to get to, or maybe like a closing message you wanna leave with the run chat's audience?
0: I mean, I don't I don't know, other than just like I think everyone should try JFK. Like they should race it. I, I have talked about this for I mean the people that I know in the ultra community, but also like so many of my road running friends, I'm like, you guys just have to do this. Like, I I love that it's three different sections. It's you just get the best of like three different worlds. And I just I think it's a great race to do even if you haven't done an ultra and and this is like your first only one, whatever it is. I, I just think everyone should try it.
1: Love it. What a perfect final message that will make Mike and Devin and the whole JFK fam, uh, group smile down there because there is no better place to, uh, break in as an ultra runner. There's no better place. Um, it's just fantastic in every way. It's a great weekend and, um, you know, number 61 coming up next year. And, uh, you know, you can't ask, can't ask for anything better than that. So, I thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me and getting to know you. It's been super fun. And thanks um, for having me. Yeah, it's been a blast. And um, we close out every episode telling all the runners to keep lacing them up, to keep getting out the door, and like the sign says behind me, always remember to stay in the fight. Wow, that was such a fun convo with Sarah. It was really inspiring here, her vision and her focus. On just coming after this race, you know, going from fifth in her first, second in her second, and not only breaking through and winning it this year, which was been a huge goal of hers, but also breaking the course record in the process. And uh, anytime you're breaking one of Ellie Greenwood's records, you know it's seriously impressive. And by doing it by more than six minutes, is just really eye opening to show uh, what sort of talent and effort sarah's putting in so she's certainly somebody to watch not only in the ultra community but in the marathon where she rocked a 230 901 and broke the tape at columbus so she certainly has more wheels and more gears there too if she can fit it in but it's clear that where her fire is burning most bright is to explore uh 100k and other distances in ultra and other races specifically It was fun chatting about whether she'd be more excited to take on Western States versus UTMB and things like that. Uh, Really enjoyed this convo. Um, Just has a great spirit and energy about her. And you know she's got a lot more in the tank. So excited to see where she takes things in this upcoming year. And uh, I hope uh, the JFK 50 family, which are huge supporters of my pod, um, just had so many runners on i hope you all really enjoy this one as much as the two of us did talking about jfk 50 uh because we're two of the biggest fans of the race for sure and uh that community support means so much to me personally so at this holiday season and time just want to say a big thanks to every jfk 50 listener out there that's been tuning into the show and in time you know i'm going to keep getting more of you on to tell your story so uh I wish you all the best in the upcoming year. Stay healthy through the holidays and keep lacing them up, my friends. Keep getting out the door and always remember to stay in the fight. Happy holidays to all. Peace out, my friends.